isn't acting sweating and rolling your eyes and contorting your body and I got really skinny and I'm wearing weird clothes and I'm acting. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> is that acting? Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Yeah! All right. It is time. Oh, boy. Oh, it is time uh, for one fucking hour, of course. Uh, usually, it's the show where we talk about one movie for one fucking hour, but we're going to be talking about a bunch of them because it is one fucking hour on the movies that we hate. Okay? That's what we're talking about uh, tonight. I am Evan Husney, of course. Joined to my left, we got Tom Fitzgerald in the house. Tom, what's up? Hey, it's going to be a long night, folks. Oh, strap yeah. in. Yeah, strap in. All right. And of course, we got to my right, we got Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus, what's going on? Welcome back. What's up, everybody? Yeah, I mean, I'm, oh, God, I'm feeling it too. It's like I spent a week re watching movies I was hoping I'd never have to see ever again. <laughs> right. you know, it's brutal. One after the other. Yeah. We, yes. we, it's like we Clockwork should... Orange, like aversion therapy uh, eyes, you know, like. <laughs> right. I think it's going to take my critical analysis down a couple notches. You know, you, there's no way you can do an intensive of movies this bad, like, and, and come out without it affecting your own criticism ability true yeah and your own own well-being yeah yeah we should we should we should also tell the good people i mean you know we we uh i think we skipped a week or maybe two it's been a little bit i've been a little busy we all been kind of had some things going on going into the holidays but we should say we've been prepping for this show by watching all of these movies that we fucking hate that we're going to be getting into for this hour so it's it's been a pretty intense uh week of movie watching and watching some dogs yeah so um yeah so anyway this is also, guys, a big milestone for us. This is episode 50 of One Fuck. That's right. So this <laughs> is 50. Yep. So this is a big deal. Um, let's talk a little bit about how this episode is going to work. Obviously, this is not our usual format uh, for the show where we, again, like I said at the top, we talk about one film. So here's how it's going to work. Let's first tell the people what we mean by movies that we hate. Because I think it's a little subjective, but let's, I mean, Tom, you sort of had a little anecdote on this. Uh, I just have two real quick things. Um, you know, this is very personal. Uh, I, I don't want to say that I'm part of any kind of um, observation of gatekeeping or a canon or a sight and sound list of worst or anything. This is just me. And um, my two criteria is, it's just, it, um, it, like I said, it's subjective and felt. It's, um, do I want to punch this movie in the stomach? You know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and each film I picked, yeah, I do. And the other thing is I've always felt um, personify the movie, not the director, not the lead character, but right. what I want to sit and have a beer with them. Right. You know what I mean? Like with the film itself, a lot of films I'd love to like, hey, let's fucking have a drink with five easy pieces. Let's do this. Mm. You know, or like Sweetback. Let's let's fucking, you know, let's toss a few back. But these films, these kinds of films, my picks, your picks, I don't want to be in the same room with them. The films. Mm-hmm. 
So that's the other criteria. Right. Yeah. And you also mentioned, too, that it is personal. So we are talking about things that, for whatever reason, are our own personal kryptonite. These are the things that repel us, the things that make us emotional. They make us, you know, really, uh, they really, they really rile us up, you know, and I think a revulsion, revulsion. And and it's not I just want to make it clear that this is not a, a show about you know, these are the movies that we think are bad. You know, it's not just about being bad. It's it's about much more than being bad for us personally. So this is this yeah. is subjective. Worse than bad. It's worse than bad. It's it's it, it is subjective. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who who really like a lot of the movies that we're going to be talking about tonight. And uh, that's probably <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, but this anyway. is not so bad. It's good. This Thank is not you. Fun. Right, it's so right. bad. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not uh, like when you're like love to hate something either. No, it's just it's like, no campy just, pleasures. Well. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Just, no, I, I took. I took no pleasure in watching these movies again. Root, root wow. canal. Yeah, root <laughs> canal. So everybody, strap in. You're about to enter the no fun zone as we <laughs> as we talk about. It's bad. Uh, here we go. This is uh, going to be one fucking hour. Oh, on the, right. Just to reiterate clearly, it, we're still adhering to this the one rule of the hour. Just oh, I'm sorry. Sake. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, this is going to be we are we are being timed. Okay, now we've all now. I, thank you for clarifying this before I hit start because we all have prepared a handful of movies each that we're going to talk about, um, and you know we've all kind of we all kind of know what we're going. We're, we're like we're we're all kind of know what we're going into with this, but. Um, we're going to keep an eye on the clock, see how many we get to. We might not get to all of them, but that's okay because we might do this again. We'll run it back because you know why? There's, there's a lot of movies we hate, we've realized. So, so it's endless. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we love movies here. There's a lot of movies we do love, and I think we are doing this out of love, right? We're doing this out yes. of love. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like we, we love movies, Absolutely. and there's a lot of movies we do love, so we're sticking up for movies. It's like you come can't on, do love be- do better movies, right? Yes, like, exactly. Movies. No, you, you can't love if you can't hate. I mean, they're like they're hand in hand. You yeah, know what I mean, right, like right, right. for every film you hate, there's a corresponding yeah yin yang. There's there's the, the love for the the proper shit, you know. So, right. Yeah, this is part of life. Part of life. This is it. So okay, let's start this goddamn show. This is episode fifty. One fucking hour on the movies we hate. Part one. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start that clock. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> All right. So and it's, it's we're, we're, we're each going to take turns here. So the clock has started. Marcus, I'm going to start off with you. Tell us your first pick of the night of, mo- of a movie you hate. All right. Uh, really glad to go first here. Been a proud hater of this movie since it came out. Um, been shouting from the rooftops about how much I hate it. I'm going to go with my first choice is 1999's Man on the Moon, directed <laughs> by Milos Forman, the, the once great Milos. Hello. Turned in a real <laughs> shit burger this time, a <laughs> shit sandwich. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, uh, it's, his, uh, it's his biopic, biopic, however you want to pronounce it. It's uh, Milos's biopic of Andy Kaufman's life, Kaufman Kaufman's life. And uh, starring Jim Carrey doing a horrible Andy Kaufman 
impression throughout the entire film oh. uh, with, the, it's, with the zero appeal at all. It starts <laughs> off with like him, uh, this horrible segment, black and white segment of him talking to the camera in Kaufman's like uh, foreign man, you know, uh, shtick. And, uh, and, then, and then he cuts to do another character of Andy Kaufman all in the same cut. And it's just like, uh, it goes from him going like, "Yeah, oh, thank you very much," to like, eh, "Hi, everybody, come watch my movie." And like, it doesn't oh. be better than that. It's like, it's just he's, uh, you know, one aspect of a lot of these movies that we hate is that like they're they're trying so hard and it, yeah. it gets yeah. kind of cloying, you know. Yeah. And it's so the cloyingness gets to be repellent. Like if somebody is trying to like get you to like them and try to get your attention, hey man, what's up? Like that's why I feel like this movie is like trying really hard. His impression is really cloying. Ooh. It's repellent. It never rings true. It always seems like he's never. doing a, a character like it's an SNL sketch or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then it's just constantly like all these ham-fisted attempts at like um, uh, being sentimental throughout. You know, like Danny DeVito stares at him. Danny DeVito, who's not playing Danny DeVito, he's playing his manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. it's so it's weird. It's like Danny DeVito himself doesn't appear in the movie. Every other fucking person appears. Yeah. You know, on as, the taxi set. Are. Yeah, the taxi set. David Letterman, Lauren Michaels, they all appear in the movie. Jerry, but Lowell. they appear like as the '90s form of themselves, right? So, like, yeah, fucking Paul yeah. Schaefer's bald. David right. Letterman's got glasses. He's like on a CBS set, you know, like right. the NBC set. Like, uh, you know, Lauren Michaels is like going rocking his '90s clothes, gray hair, outfit, or anything, yeah, you know, yeah. like. Uh, but I mean, like, so there's all this sentimental sentimentality associated with anyone who touched his life. So Danny DeVito who plays his manager, looks at him and he's like, you know, when he first meets him, he's like, you're insane, but you might also be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, yeah, no one I, talks like that. Oh God. It's just like, it just yeah. keeps going on too. like Courtney love is hugely distracting and it, you know, like. Uh, she's she's not good in it either. She's supposed to be no. this like naturalistic. Like everyone was so hot for her for like two movies in the nineties, and like she's she's bombing it. I don't know. It's it's a it's a nightmare. I, I hate it. Can I can I, <laughs> I throw in you. one thing on this because you just you just triggered a memory on this for yeah. a second. So I think evidence you, you you were saying his his Andy Kaufman uh, Jim Carrey's Andy Kaufman impression, but for Jim Carrey, I mean he is inhabiting the mind, body, and soul of uh, of Andy Kaufman so much that obviously he was infamously method acting on set and pissing everybody off. But in the documentary <laughs> Jim and Andy, which chronicles the making of Man on the Moon, which is an equally wow. cr- cringy watch. <clears throat> uh, Jim Carrey talks about he's obviously just putting himself over. He's a producer on the film too, so he's putting himself yeah. over in such an enormous way uh, uh, in this documentary. But he literally talks about meeting Andy's family and says, "You know, I think it was uh, like when he was meeting Andy's family. He's playing Andy when he because he's he's method acting uh, and he's in character yeah. all the time. And and he says in this documentary, Jim Carrey says, I think it was just nice for them to hang out with Andy for a little while.'" Oh God! Oh, that's he said that. That's brutal. Yeah. I never got through that's that brutal. doc. There's a lot of like Bob Zamuda myth making going on about Definitely. Andy too. You know, like Definitely. Right, he's right. one of those generational comedians that like that. I feel like doesn't really translate between generations because like whatever obstacles or barriers he was knocking down don't exist anymore. And the comedy, you know, it's revolutionary, right. but the right. comedy doesn't translate as much. And I don't think this movie does any favors to help like communicate that. 
you know, whatever no. to make him funny for the next generation. You know, I just have my two cents before we move on. And there's so much that because it was a great pick, Marcus. I, I really flipped that when you picked it. I was like, yes, of course. And uh, just my thing is, um, you know, I like Andy and he's kind of um, an interesting to me, you know, for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But I never thought of sentimentality. And that was what was so galling to me is because um, it lands on sentimentality instead of this sort of dark, sort of LSD uh, influenced, sort of Zen, like strange, dark place that he was, I think, really coming from, which was yeah. beyond this kind of sentimentality. It was um, looking at reality as like a strange toy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And just sort of mm -hmm. staring at it and like, like, look, what if I did this to reality and played with it, you know? And it wasn't about like heartwarming and like the, the <clears> way <throat> they made the like cookies and milk thing. That's how the film ends on that note. Oy. And it's like, he gives this really awful smile. My last, last thought is there's, there's always a mistake. I think when you have an incredibly iconic face, Jim Carrey, trying to be an incredibly iconic face, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Kaufman, yeah, yeah. because you can't paste over. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. it's because they're they're right on top of each other. He, yeah. No matter what he's doing or any makeup you apply, it's still Jim Carrey. It's always him doing the fucking. It's face. prominent, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, just yeah. like an impossible task, and it doesn't work out, and it comes uncanny valley like. We should probably move yeah, on. definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, we I have to I have to mention that fucking REM song. I hate that song oh, too, horrible. and they, they do the music too. Yeah. That's and the first uh, sentimentality on Elvis. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first I, tone of sentimentality. We should yeah. move on. Yeah, we <laughs> should move on because of the clock. I, I I definitely have a lot to say on the, about that movie. I think I it's, know. maybe we we'll do an hour, guys. I think we should do an hour. I have a lot to say about the wrestling stuff in that movie, but we'll we'll, we'll definitely get on that another Shit. time. Yeah, all right, sorry. Oh, no, that's all right. Well, I think I think we'll, this is a pilot, you know, for that episode. Okay, I think so. Um, <clears throat> okay, my uh, first pick. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. My first is. Dogma from 1999. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Direct again, Kevin 99. Smith. Yeah, again, I, I yeah from from 199 to the next 99. Okay, look, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this to you right now and to everybody who's listening. I do like some Kevin Smith. Okay, I know that might be. I know you okay. guys. You know, I I I, I I do like Mallrats. I I, I keeping it real. That was my childhood mall in Minnesota where they shot that man. I mean, I have a lot of affection for Mallrats. I even like some chasing Amy. Go ahead, attack me, whatever. But oh, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm gonna do my thing. Uh, but uh, that's just so the audience knows where I'm coming from with picking this. But what really irks me about this movie, aside from the fact that it's incredibly boring, uh, and is basically just a series of relentless and pretentious diatribes on religion that nobody wants to hear, is that after the success of Kevin Smith's previous films, he started to fancy himself as some sort of intellectual. And then all of that, I think, went to his head, and he assumed that the world would be interested in some sort of edgy, which it's not, but an edgy attempt at a clever satire of endless lame pontifications on Catholicism. The way that it plays to me... <laughs> is like almost like a Christian camp counselor trying to show you like how cool religion can be, you know? Ugh, and it's yeah. just it's it's and then and need I say more than Alanis Morissette playing God. I mean that kind of says everything. <laughs> you need to know yeah. right there about this cringe oh, fest. God. But to me it's just it's absolutely unbelievably cringy. The it, it, you should go back and watch and it boring. Now. The, the, and yeah. the dialogue you know, oh, uh, it's, it's so horrible. It's one of those things where all the characters sound the same. Like they're all written by the same person. They Good all sound point. the same. So it's that's like, what I mean. It's, yeah. it's that's what he like, was there, trying there to was, say. Yeah, there's there's a part where like Jay and Silent Bob go from talking about John Hughes movies, 
And to the very next scene, Affleck and Matt Damon are talking about Crush Groove. You know, like everyone's like a pop culture expert. Yeah. Like watered down Tarantino. All the yep. stupid theology stuff is like so overcomplicated. Like it's like exposition. It. The movie. It's like Jason yeah. Lee walks in. They're like, "Oh, your name. His name's Azrael, and this is how he got kicked out of heaven. And and this uh, is what he's doing in the movie. And this is his evil plan. It's like it's all just people walking on." into the frame explaining their horrible backstory and it's like oh, i know God. no it's a non-screenplay and it's, like it's amazing a lot happens but nothing happens and, and it goes it's so fucking nerdy it's the nerdiest fucking thing i've ever seen in my entire life and it's 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 repellent sorry go on tom you have anything else to add to that no 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 go, please this is your pick uh riff, <laughs> just, riff brother yeah. riff. <laughs> it's go ahead it's really hard to watch. Shit it's, man? It's, it hurts. It's like it's a shit man. Yeah. It's painfully boring. And it's just like. It's, it is. But it's the start of that. I saw it in the theater. Oh. <laughs> like, like, no, wow. yeah, I think I did too. Here's the thing. Whoa. <laughs> I, 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 the, the reason I said school shooter is because it is like Kevin Smith. You can trace back that sort of suburban misanthropia. That real negative, you know, um, just. Bitter. I don't know. Bitter. Yeah, thank you. Very bitter, entitled kind of misanthropic suburbia, which I think, you know, is that school shooter energy. And I think that this, toxic, this movie toxic masculinity. Yeah, right, way. right. And I think this I think this movie kinda is boiling over a little bit with this movie. Yes, and that's why it's I so that's why it's so repellent to me for so many reasons. But go on, yeah, what are you saying? It, it it's also just the beginning of that like uh, you know, I get you on clerks or mall rats, whatever. And I feel like, you know, at that time you're thinking like, okay, this is just a sequel to his movie. But then it starts to dawn on you like, oh my God, he's going to put these fucking guys in every yeah. single movie. Right, and it's right. just going to all take place in this little New Jersey world mm -hmm. that I, I don't care about. And it's like, and just the fact that he was like so like egotistical to like foist that onto the world. Like you, you're going to live in this like little corner yes. of my mind for like the next 20 years. It's fucking... Oh, yeah. it's awful. It's a cringe fest, yeah. So anyway, let's move on. We have more to talk about, but let's... Oh, there's, Tom, there's so much more. There's so much more to say. But Tom, your first pick, please. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Uh, well, we're going to 2005 with the Devil's Rejects. How about them apples, huh? You like apples? Okay, uh, Devil's Rejects, um, you know, like uh, oh. the reason... The, yeah, I know. The reason for me is it's it's a chunk of a type of film and it's and it's my generation. It's the Gen Xers that uh, really are on trial here, and uh, you know they're 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 guilty. It's 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 what what gets me about Devil's Rejects and Rob Zombie's stuff in general Ooh. is um, uh, you know, in the '90s, I was huge on finding every grindhouse, quote unquote, grindhouse film I could find. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I, I always think like something like the Candy Snatchers is a primo example of how interesting. Uh, or a 70s grindhouse film can be there's a sure. wit to it a strangeness curveballs uh, real filmmaking mm -hmm. weird choices it keeps you guessing um you know not everything's candy snatchers but very often these films were surprising in their um their uh, unique quirks to them but but then a guy like rob zombie he sees all these grindhouse films and, and i always i've always said to myself since i started seeing all these kinds of regurgitated you know, grindhouse things in the 2000s. It was like, wait, are we seeing the same films? Right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. like we're like yeah. the same generation. It's like, did you, what are you seeing when you see these films? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, grindhouse <laughs> movies. It's where like, like, like ugly guys just yell motherfucker at each other. 
and have like like <laughs> bullshit talks contest, motherfucker. I come out here, I'll fuck your chicken. No, I'll fuck your chicken, motherfucker. And it's like, what is what is this? Is this really the Grindhouse film world? And then it's just really ugly um, brutality. Uh, there's a lot of like weird sexual violence. It's just like not fun. Uh, and, and like, it's just, none of it's worth it, but, um, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think that the main thing for me with devil's rejects is for me, uh, having a strange take on grindhouse to put it kindly, but also I feel it's a film equivalent to, you know, that CBGB's has a bar at the airport. I think it's at LaGuardia. You guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you guys know yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he'll cut to a still. Yeah. At, at yeah. Airport and yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is it's like a CBGB's you know, bar at the airport in that it becomes very commodified, all this strange, heavy kind of outlaw filmmaking weirdness of, you know, the years before in the seventies just got turned into this like sort of mall t-shirt choice uh, with lowest common denominator, uh, you know, approaches to all this stuff. Also, right. uh, another thing I hate is the white trash, like my name is Earl kind of thing. This film is really trash in that, you Definitely. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. So it's got a lot of that really 2000s, like a uh, hillbilly teeth kind of uh, like like stuff. And it's I find it very insulting. It's like, give the South a break for a second. You know, it's it all is so chicken fucker. And the way they use the music, the, the, the crass, ironic, you know, free bird, you know, the oh. whole bird is used Tag with the Bonnie in. and Clyde showdown shootout. Yeah. Why don't you hit that up? The last thing I'll say, I'll open it up to you guys is really the real reason i'm bringing up devil's rejects is my least favorite person i've ever seen on screen what is it sherry moon zombie oh i cannot stand her for one second she does that thing where like you see it in like old pornos when people can't act what they often do is they just do bitchy and yeah. will you go fuck yourself and i'll go fuck myself when you're so fucking true. yourself motherfucker asshole and well, it's they don't know how to do any other kind of oh. emoting, so they, they wind up there. She's awful. She's grating. I hate it. I want to punch it in the stomach. So I go have, ahead. I have so much to say. Oh, my God. I'll be, I'll be quick. The The thing about Cheryl Moon Zombie, obviously his 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 wife. <clears> you know, wife, I, right. Yeah. Of course, is, she's you know, in she, every film. Yeah, she's in every film. It's kind of made for her. But, like, obviously she sticks out like a sore thumb with her horrible style and those horrible jeans. She does not... B anywhere belong in sort of a proto or weird sort of Manson family bootleg version. Um, anyway, uh, the thing I wanted to say about this movie, aside from all those things that's actually insane, is how fucking bankrupt the filmmaking is. The filmmaking in this yeah, movie is so... The editing... The fucking editing. The I opening know. scene is I like know. a shootout. It's actually incomprehensible oh. to actually understand the act, what's happening. Yeah. It, it, the editing is, is actually gives you a seizure. It's so fucking bad the way it's shot and it's edited. And the yeah. usage of um, goddamn Freebird at the end, too, is just like you're just stealing this fucking song, you know, to like put your wholesale over. Like wholesale. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like literally, it's doing all the work for you for what? For Good nothing. Point. And the Good fucking point. the way it's edited too. The way it's fucking edited. So whoever edited that movie, you're terrible. Sorry. Well, he's overseeing. <laughs> he's overseeing the whole tone. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm oh, I got one last little thing. Is one last little thing is um those Grindhouse trailers when the Grindhouse movie came out, like his really stood out to me 
the werewolves from like Nazi werewolf one or something yeah, yeah. because it was so cheap. It's like the titles look like like iMovie titles. Like yeah. he really has no grace with his craft work. That's all. That's all, I'll put it that yeah. way. And, and you're right. It, uh, it's another example of him kind of misunderstanding the genre. You know, oh, like yeah. like I have one little tiny. I'm so sorry. One more thing to say because I wanted to respond hey. to you real quick, and then we'll go. Is 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 you said? Are we seeing the same '70s film? Mm-hmm. Right. Just real quick, just to mention this movie in this breath, I do believe that at a certain point when the 90s rolled around and that people were starting to regurgitate 70s tropes, Tarantino, everybody got inspired, but also a movie that I think you can trace right back to from Devil's Rejects is fucking Natural Born Killers. And you know well, he took well, he took, he took Natural Born Killers and that's what informed yeah. this fucking yes. dumbass oh, hybrid course. style. Yeah, Hello. Sorry. Yeah, that and Chainsaw 2. My last little thought uh, is I've always had another little axiom in my mind where there's two kinds of movie. Well, you can illustrate the 70s film experience with everything after it in, in Grindhouse World. The tone of Texas Chainsaw 1 and Texas Chainsaw 2 yeah, right, prof- right, profoundly right. different. Maybe you prefer it. I met a guy once who said, Texas Chainsaw is so boring. The, the sequel's cool though, because he liked the cartoonishness, and I never talked to that guy again. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, um, like, like, I don't like that. Like, like the yeah. the gaudy comic book style of of of, of 80s grindhouse. Also, it's very mm-hmm. knowing, so Trauma. it doesn't feel mm-hmm. dangerous. It doesn't like yeah. just, Texas Chainsaw feels kind of dangerous. I mean, it's I could kitschy, did, yeah. We did a whole hour on Texas Chainsaw, the first one, I mean. So, like, 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 of course. Devil's Rejects is spawned from the Chainsaw 2 aesthetic of right. everything's jokey yeah. and everything's just like um, there, it, it can't actually be scary. No. Like, for instance, you know, or, or, or creepy or chilling or surprising. It's just a cynical like um, a freak show thing. I'm done. OK, uh, sorry. I'm going to keep it. Let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, Marcus, hit us with your second wonderful, this beautiful pick. Okay, well, God, we just did the remix. The the one bad one bad hallmark of the '90s is them taking old culture and remixing it and trying to make something new. And then the another part of another horrible hallmark of the '90s is tr- trying to do something wholly new, you know. And I think uh, this movie was trying really hard. Requiem for Dream, oh. 2000. Like I, I, uh, I fucking hated this movie again since it came out. Like, uh, um. It's, so it's a Ar- Darren Aronofsky. Uh, luck, uh, uh, it's his uh, sort of. It's the dumbest cautionary tale on uh, <laughs> drug use imaginable, you know. But it thinks it's the smartest it one, you know. Yes, it yeah, thinks yeah. it's the smartest one. Um, you know, it's like it's it's trying really hard to be like a very current art film, MTV. Every scene is some music. Marilyn Manson idea. video. Yeah, aesthetic. Marilyn Manson video aesthetic. We're gonna do split screen for this one. This one we're gonna do like uh, we're gonna hold the shot and everyone's gonna be moving fast around you, but you're gonna move normal speed. You know that's that like a Ramones Dates video. It's like so that. every fucking scene is like ripped from some music video idea and yeah. thrown onto the screen, and, and it makes like, it like, so dated. That's what I yes, said. Yeah, but and to oh, the sorry. peril of the story too. You know, it's like it's like the music's turned up too loud. You can't hear what anyone's saying. Like it's not actually. It's telling the most basic story. I guess it's adapted from a book. I didn't even know that until I rewatched it. But I can talk about were, that a little. Yeah. Um, but the, like, uh, 
you know, it's like it's overly intense, you know, but it, it but nothing about it like rings true. You know, it doesn't actually get to the heart of like drug abuse or what it's like. It you know, it's trying to be this cautionary tale about how bad things can get. And things get so insanely bad where it's like arms get chopped off. There's like ass to ass dildos. There's like, you know, grandma's <laughs> shock like therapy. going insane. Shock therapy. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. that's all culminating. And it's like it probably has the opposite effect on people that are getting into drugs because they think like, well, I'm not doing as bad as Requiem for a Dream, you know. Yeah. So like, right. well, because yeah. nothing does. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. Um, all the quick cuts drive me insane like if there was like one or two like Awful. you know uh fine like ed, the way it's like influenced culture annoys me too like ed you're right does it so much you know but that it gets so overused in this to the point i was literally yelling at the screen this time like knock that shit off because it just keeps going to those like fast cuts like like yeah. every 30 seconds and it's like it gets so annoying they reuse the same shot over and over jared leto's super annoying he's uh doing like an accent type thing you know oh. like he doesn't even sound like in new york sounds like he's doing a saturday night live character too he's got the stupid fucking anime <laughs> haircut look at his fucking hair it looks like I an know. anime you know yes. like this like uh uh, there's this dumb fucking party scene that's like one shot. The record needle doesn't even move the whole time. You know, it's like <laughs> they, they've got this turntable like up in the center of the screen, like so you can watch it. The needle's not actually, actually even going anywhere. You know, it's supposed to like be an all night party scene. I don't know. It's just that's it's so fucking horrible, and people love it. People think it's I know, like I know. People well, think it's like the kind of like stoner people that you went to high school with would think it's like an art house movie or something. Yeah, you know, it's, but yeah, like, it's dumb art house. I think yeah, it's, well yeah, definitely. I think it's it's for people who don't really see a lot of movies. And I think one of the thing about Requiem for a Dream that for me it's like it's, it's so heavy-handed. It's one of the most heavy-handed movies of all time. And I, but but I also do think that <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely. but it, it is it is in in a, in a similar way as Magnolia which we've talked about a lot uh, uh -oh. on this on this podcast. It is very like emotionally manipulative. You know, it really is using all of the cinematic tropes and tricks in order to really try and you know bring you down and and to act like a powerful film even though there's no real substance there at all like you were saying and so i Absolutely. think for me and I, I think that's just what's really annoying about it is that it's grinding and never ending and just and 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 kind of like you know pins you I, down I, and I, abuses I, I think it's worse like all those annoying ticks that are so like a, a dated Marilyn Manson video, Nine Inch Nails video. Oh yeah. Is I don't think he's I don't think he's trying to do anything about evoking emotions. I think it's just kind of one of the worst mm -hmm. tendencies that we do see a lot on our on our picks here, is a director obnoxiously trying to um, uh, tap dance in front of you and like keep like you know like 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 dancing with sparklers like they're they're obnoxiously um, uh, uh, consistently exercising their existence in this work of art you're making that you're viewing you know it's like hi i'm the director i got one example for you she's mailing a letter the old lady you know ellen burston ellen burston with all her friends are mailing a letter so of course you know when you you know you show a woman mailing a letter with her friends you know she's excited of course you have a crane shot above them and the, the mailbox <laughs> and like a wide a wide angle lens and it's just like calm down yeah. like i'm saying this is a small moment there's a lot of big obnoxious moments but i'm like yeah. just have just let it breathe for a second for, he's, he's that kind of director calm yeah. down let us just watch 
the movie and the moment with these people instead of like, oh, whiz bang. The other thing I'll say is I know uh, uh, Hubert Shelby's stuff. I read Last Exit to Brooklyn. I didn't oh, yeah. finish this one, but I read the other. I was reading it, and um, I was expecting to have something with the tone of, of Selby. He's very sad, and it's not. He's not making things that are cautionary. He's just coming from a, that place. You know, this is a yeah. um, the, the writer is working from a place that um, he knows addiction, low-income people in the tri-state area, and so he's just depicting the real. That's the real, real shit, right. and it's very, it's it's very lyrical. It very, it's crushingly sad. Yes. You know, uh, yes. his his writing. And and what and it's the last kind of tone that I would expect someone to 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 the, the paintbrush to paint with in depicting this very downbeat, grim, quietly sad Selby world is a Marilyn Manson video. It's just like so. I've just, I just I want to punch you in the stomach for that reason. Yeah. Boom! Tom's punching yeah. the stomach. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Love it. I feel like Ar- Aronofsky. He doesn't really. He does. You're right. He doesn't. It's so apparent he doesn't understand this world or doesn't come from it, you know, like no, no. The, right. make, the pupils right. get big, you know, NYU come on, dude. When people shit. do drugs, the pupils get you know, or people do like heroin or whatever, the pupils get small, they don't get big. Yeah, and but that's boring. You know? It doesn't look like right, big right. and sexy and exciting on the screen. Right. And like the way that it's it, a lot of the tone is like it feels like elite rich kids looking down totally. on poor yes. people you know the way yes, he deals yes, with those women totally. he treats them like a bunch of old biddies that are annoying grotesque. And like like, yeah they're grotesque like old biddies and like hate it. it it's so unsympathetic and he does that to the to the kids on on drugs everybody too, you know everybody like everybody yeah. and how do you have fucking marlon may marlon wayans and the stepdad from something about Mary in a, in a movie, you know, Frank and Beans, that guy right. is it the Frank and the Beans guy. Oh, and yeah, 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 of course. Movie, and it's not not a single joke in the whole fucking film. You know? No, yeah, of well, of course guys. it's got to be humorless. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because it's a serious movie. I hate yeah. it. I guess we should move on. Yeah, we will. I just want one quick thing on it, too. Just okay. I love th- this could be a one fucking hour for a dream. But yeah, the thing agreed, is, is it, yeah, totally. Uh, but like, you know, I, I think one thing with it is like, I know Aronofsky was probably pretty young when he made this movie movie you know and that that really shows i think to me because he is completely ignorant yeah, i think a lot I know of ways about the real life yeah. and real world so he's kind of making his own film school version of addiction mm-hmm. um it's mm-hmm. very film school but the thing is that aronofsky so, bro so. fucking aronofsky could hold a bunch of slots on this fucking hour dude the fountain yeah, y'all true. seen the fountain oh. y'all seen uh, on, y'all on seen a plane yeah yeah y'all seen noah let's talk noah yeah. okay brutal uh, anyway yeah he sucks I'm yeah, not and he's got, yeah, he, and he's got the whale coming out, which you know it's very Ooh, topical. Ooh, right? Okay. No, it's what so, one thing that sucks about him is he's got that name that makes him a one-name director, like a Scorsese or like Coppola. You know, no. Arnofsky. He's got that fucking name. That's one thing about <laughs> Kevin Smith. I'll say is that he's not going to be a one-name director. No, no, Kevin. Well, he's okay. got that kind of Smith. name. Yeah, Smith. Smith. Oh my <laughs> God, where are we? Right. Okay, where are I got we? It. It's mine. It's my mine. It's mine. Hit okay, it. my my second pick. Oh. God, this fucking movie. Okay, my second pick is uh, the I think the most recent film on the list. No, it might not be. Actually, I lie. Um, is guys, Joker from oh, two thousand nineteen. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. two thousand nineteen. Todd Phillips. Okay, we we were talking about this earlier before we were. Uh, oh God, this fucking movie. Actually, you actually mentioned tap dancing in front of you. That actually goes really well with this movie. Yeah, there you um, go. There you okay, go. so um, literally does that. Yeah, we we were also fucking times. Uh, it's horrible. I can't. 
I actually, I, I, I can't do the slow motion Tai Chi or whatever the fuck he's doing in this movie. That like that that dance that. The, and you know that he, you know, and you know, Joaquin Phoenix brought that to the table with this character. I'm, yeah, oh, like, oh, yeah. And, and I oh, yeah. can't do it. I can't do that. Um, anyway, the one thing I was going to say is we did mention before we started recording about the idea of when movies are bad, and this happens more in more contemporary films, you know, especially like this, is when they really feel like a, a PDF deck presentation more than they do. <laughs> Of an actual film or cinema or anything, and this yeah, movie yeah. is just a fucking PDF deck of frame grabs of '70s New York films. I mean, that's what yes. this—that is what mm-hmm. this is. It's mm-hmm. just—it's just taking the things you like and hodgepodging it together with no fucking, um, you know, real substance of any kind. But this movie is even worse than that, okay? Because <laughs> let me tell you that because. Because what are we doing? This, <laughs> ah, this is crazy. This is crazy. But uh, in the okay, so first off, it's obviously Todd Phillips. He he's doing King of Comedy. I think King of Comedy first, Taxi Driver second. Those are the Absolutely. big films that are there. And hey, and, Bob De Niro's in it. Of you course. Him in. Which I which I which I did hear he was real hoodwinked because he really didn't want to do it and I think they really convinced him oh. to be in it and he really seems like what the fuck am I doing in here because he he's seems like he's phoning it in yeah really yeah, yeah. bad like like I know De Niro like like I know De Niro gets you know bad you know when he does all the comedies whatever but like mm. dude he's real bad in this and I think he's just he's just trying to get home <laughs> he's trying to get home he's just yeah. he wants what? to go he home on the clock yeah he does yeah. not give it that yeah. late night host energy you know? no <laughs> it's 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 really bad so the Funny fact game. that the, the fact that we're just like plagiarizing king of comedy for our own gain here is really bad for me that's Awful. A punch, Awful. that's punch a movie in the stomach but what makes it even worse is um how this movie becomes a school shooter manifesto again and this is like my, the thing that i can't this is the thing that really bothers me is that you're we're we're really fist bumping active shooters at the end of that film when he shoots De Niro? Yeah, and yeah. and that's what we're supposed to take away from this is like, you know, sickening. society. It is sickening. I think it's really actually bad for society. Uh, this movie because of course with Aurora and what happened there with the Dark Knight, you know, Joker mm-hmm. is not good for people. You know, like fucking yeah. Yeah. new metal Jokers are not good for. Society. It's not helpful to the whole incel mentality, and right. I I don't usually get. Uh, have any kind of moralism with art i know and i still and i still don't but this thing is really borderline for me because it's almost like it was they were trying to do this like in this climate where there's active shootings of all kinds happening in our society and it's not ending anytime soon uh you know this this is a a real totemic movie i'm sure for these people with this mentality and it's sexy in the big screen and it's like their vision of things and like what what are you doing why are you doing that it's it's so unhelpful to society and it's there's no rewards in doing that in depicting this you know like angry clown on a society that you know he's embittered uh, to and it's like what what are we doing here there's something yeah. totally creepy about that film well, the whole time i was watching it ugly violence that yeah. feels like it's connecting directly to certain mm-hmm. parts of the audience talk to me guys what is we've that we've gone from like a we've gone from like people liking gray characters you know like people that are bad but have redeeming qualities or redeem themselves you know that you see that a lot in prestige television like maybe they're a bad villain you know uh sopranos and then, and then that, i think that's kind of mixed up with a little bit of that um 
this trend to see like where the villain or antagonist came from. You know, I blame that movie, uh, that musical, uh, or that book wicked that got turned into a musical. That was like <laughs> the story of the, you know, right, like, how right. can we recycle this franchise? You know, like sure. something that people have heard of before. Sure. So I feel like that kind of gray right. people's interesting gray characters got kind of mixed with that. Like, let's, let's find out where this guy came from. And then you end up with something like this. Yeah. We're like, uh, you're just learning the backstory to this villain and making him, he, I guess he's the hero of the movie. He has no yeah. redeeming qualities. Yeah. He's completely repellent. You know, the performance is repellent. Oh, uh, we got to talk about Joaquin, the, and dancing. the overacting. It's brutal. The dancing. Yeah. That's what got you laughing. I can't oh. do the dancing. The dancing, I can't do the, no, laughing. the laughing. Yeah. The laughing by a nose. Marcus got it for me. It's just like, like uh, it's just, it's just like, it's so mannered. It's so, it's so not acting to me. It's just uh, it's performance in the sense of like a punch and Judy show in like medieval times or something like that. It's like, it's there ain't nothing subtle about of, it. Of yeah. That character, the Joker is so that? bad. So, so in an interesting, um, uh, I mean, there. a log line like, what do you what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that treats him like garbage? You know? I got another joke for you. It's like, <laughs> and, I'm an adult. Like, what am I supposed to do with all this bullshit? And, and then, of course, and, he gets an Academy Award. You know why? Because he's oh, there's a term. He's, he's dancing. He acts. He acts hard. You know, it's yeah, like, hey, isn't acting, isn't acting sweating and rolling your eyes and contorting your body? And I got really skinny and I'm wearing weird clothes and I'm acting. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> is that acting? Like, but no. even, like his, his manners are just so like, well, let me tell you, Robert De Niro. Like, I don't know, just the way he's like, I know. his characterization is so like, so off. Cringe. it doesn't feel. Yeah. Because, well, it's and, not anything. It's like, it's not, it can't, it doesn't even chance to be off because it's not connected to any kind of true developed characterization throughout the film they have two hours to have us like like oh, discover a human I know, being i know. never get there <laughs> never get there yeah. and and just for the record you know like i i, I like i do God. i like tim burton's Brutal. batman i like the animated series batman i love mask of the phantasm like joker you know can be a very compelling joker. you know character in <laughs> in comic books and in other medias but yeah. the way that yeah, yeah. joker has been appropriated by these new metal gigglers I just, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the way he's been robbed. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and like Hollywood didn't go like, okay, let's just pretend that the new metal, you know, people, Juggalo people aren't, you know, yes. a part of this. They're like, right. no, no, let's bring them in. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. fucking, and, and know, what, like Jared yeah. Leto's Juggalo. even more Juggaloed out. Oh, Juggalos. You know? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's Juggaloed out. So the, the Juggalo thing, demo. Last, last thing, and then we got to get off of Joker because we've been going hard on it. Is I just want to say too, the other thing that bothers me about this movie is Zazie Beats, the female lead in the film too. Like, uh, and that's not her fault or anything. I think she, you know, whatever. It's just that the character is so painfully contrived. And I know she's a figment of his imagination, or he's at least imagining the relationship with her. But still, it's so fucking um, paper thin. You know, and it's not even like, yeah. oh, I just, I can't, it's I can't angering, stand how, yeah. it's angering how bad the that character is in this film, even though I know it's not supposed it, to be real. Oh, it's got, well, it's got one of the worst pop, point, most pointless pop music moments too. Like when White Room starts playing, it's totally. like, what? Like, totally. it's not even like oh, a great yeah. song. It's just like, yeah. 
Well, okay, then the mediocre fucking cream song rips well, in. Well, you know? isn't it like White Room, like, a, you know, the padded cell, like White Room? That's what oh, my I thought. Guess. There you go. Oh, that's Maybe. even worse for that's like, worse. Uh, I know. It's like Tom likes Joker. Okay. Connection. How about how he, like, he's, a, he's like a working class clown. They've got like a, like a company that books clowns to go spin signs outside of stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, he makes uh, a living. So I know. All and right, we got to move on. It's that fake New York. And it's, I, I hate the egregious, not just King Comedy, but the taxi driverishness. The mm-hmm. grotesque, idiotic taxi driver rendering, you know, the shadowing well, of that film. Okay. Well, wait, wait, sorry. Okay, I'm next. Thing. Well, oh, you, please, you, go. you brought up Taxi Driver. I do want to say, too, that at least, like, with Travis Bickle to tie it all together, you know, which this movie's aping, like, at least he has some moralistic center, at least at the end of the film. You know, like, what he's doing. About, he's you know, a character. Is, he's a character. He's like okay. a human. There's sure. a person there. Yes. The shape it's, of a human being. It's not an That exists. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, ahead, okay. Tom. Oh my God, it's my turn. All right. Well, we've been really hitting uh, the Gen X hard, late 90s, <laughs> 2000s, really hard. But uh, it's time to hit up the boomers and take them to task with Fisher King. Fisher King. Okay. My quick preface on this this one is heartbreaking. I want to punch it in the stomach because it kind of hurts. Explanation So, Terry Gilliam uh, is from Monty Python. Monty Python is the biggest thing in my life, believe it or not, more than the Beatles. I know. Well, when I was a little kid, my mom would watch it on PBS, and it was just like such a world. It's like the world could be this big and crazy and fun, and I love it. I don't care about any criticism. I'm beyond criticism. Terry Gilliam is part of it, and I love his old animations, those uh, Marcus, those cheap, sure. crude yeah. cutouts, Graphic you know, animation. Yeah, with like old uh, black and white photos, but like they're they're colored in with like felt pan and stuff like that. It's genius, yeah. Yeah, and but I hate his filmmaking, <laughs> and me it's too. just kind of like saddens me more than anything. But uh, I do want to call it out because we've been talking about a lot of cynicism. A lot has been been addressed with cynical, you know, especially Devil's Rejects and like Joker. But this is going too far in the other direction with horrifying sentimentalization. And that's a very boomer. So we're getting into like grotesque sentimentality porn. And one of the the big takeaways here, like there's, I don't like really Terry Gilliam's filmmaking style in general, and maybe you can get into that. But my main thing here is the magical um, homeless person. Uh, uh, you know, it's depicted by Robin Williams, where it's like, uh, I think this trend started with the film called uh, King of Hearts in 1967. It's a very, it's a completely forgotten cult film, but it was a big popular cult film on college campuses for like baby boomer, you know, uh, college student 60s people. Uh, uh, um, um, King of Hearts is about like a, a guy who goes into a mental hospital and it's like a whimsical kind of mental hospital with a whimsical kind of depiction of mental illness. Like, like maybe the crazy people are in the other side of the wall and the real sane people are in here being cuckoo and like running around and going, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> and those people have gentle, sweet hearts and the, and the mentally ill people are the, the generals who fight wars. And it's this very strange boomer naive kind of look at things and it's like uh, uh what they've always done then in 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 these depictions is objectifying uh, mental illness for their own um narrative of how the straight world mm. you know that makes fast right. food and right. battles and wars they're insane but the but the re- but the people who are called insane are sweet 
uh, gentle, misunderstood clown souls of purity and, and, and like mimes, like Marcel Marceau. It's, I, I hate it. I really, it always kills me. And this film yeah. does that to a degree. And what really got me, by the end of the film, when you see Robin Williams leading a chorus people of people like, like, like all the people in the mental hospital when he's leading this chorus of them singing like, I love New York or whatever. Like they're all different. Like, like the fat guy is playing ping pong, you know, and like, and like, there's a really skinny guy who like clucks like a chicken. And it's just like, you know, you, you do know guys that mental illness is just pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's just pain. It's, right. it's heart wrenching pain being mm -hmm. trapped in your own mind, in your own body, pain for the mentally ill and pain for the, the, the loved ones in the family and friends of the mentally ill. It's not this, it's not like, okay and this film does that where it's like hey let's run around naked in central park and like uh you know what i'm gonna chase butterflies this morning and it's like <laughs> sorry i'm ranting but that's the main <laughs> point of what kills me about this film well um is it's yeah. it's a perfect example of baby boomer magical homeless because it's it's beyond homeless it's magical crazy person Right. And um, but then oh. also and then I'm going to shut up. They're more free than we are. You know, well, that's my whole like, point. That's what I've been saying. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like like yeah, exactly. That's the who who really is the uh, the one who's imprisoned. You know, and like who should be locked up. You know, and all that stuff. The last thing I'll say is that kind of sentimentality that Robin Williams, unfortunately, when he has a long leash, goes really on the deep end of hamminess, Ooh. and it's really hard to watch. My last thought though is it's fused with um, what I don't respond to with. Um, Ah, who's the director? I'm Terry so Gilliam. much here. Gilliam. Uh, Terry Gilliam. Um, I don't like him because he's very showy and he does all those kind of like um he's he's doing that thing where like it's busy. Everything has to be so busy. And I find it a very um neurotic, kind of insecure kind of filmmaking where you can't we, we've talked about this earlier in the show where it's like you can't calm down, like with Aronofsky, slow down and let a scene play out. You have to have it have like bells and whistles and ping and pong and like a like a like a mm -hmm. knight and battles and it's just like just like bring it in a little bit it doesn't have to yeah. be realism but just like right. bring well, in your, your, your right yeah yeah, yeah. and so right. I, I just don't respond to that so Brazil. that's all i gotta say yeah, like yeah, yeah i don't like any of his yeah. films it's busy yeah. frames yeah busy I, frames needlessly yeah well just just real quick my only thing on fisher king really is <clears throat> that like i think Robin Williams' performance, I think, drags this movie into very hard to watch land for me because, sure, um, sure. because he is he, like you said, yeah. right? He, well, yeah, but he he has well, he's got such a long leash, like you said, with this movie that all he's doing is hopping up on tables and shouting and screaming and zipping and zapping total indulgence all, all over the place, and he's so unrestrained in this, taking his clothes, ripping his clothes off, going, blah, 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 you know, he's going absolutely crazy in this movie, and it's like I tend to think like what this, how different this movie really would have been. It still would have been sentimental, and it would have had all those things. But just if it was like, uh, you know, if it was Jeff Bridges who played Robin Williams, oh, like well, how how different yeah, would that I have got been? You. Or how, or how, how different would it have been? You know, Christopher um, Walken. Yeah. <laughs> but my only other thing is is, is real real fast is yeah Terry Gilliam is is also I mean talk about Aronofsky but Gary yeah talk Terry, to me man well Terry Gilliam something's wrong. Have, well, well Terry Gilliam could have a, a number of spots on this hour too. I mean dude, yeah what's fucking, what's wrong. Dude, fucking the Imaginarium Doctor Parnassus when he gets all like circusy and 
I couldn't even yeah. watch a frame of that. It's yeah. absolutely some of the worst, cringiest, Cirque du Soleil, wow. fucking 19, 1890s wow. barista shit. Oh, well, he, he ruined the, the Thompson yeah. book, you know? Uh, that yeah. movie's unwatchable. Oh, Fear and Loathing is... Yeah. Very not good. Um, yeah, Marcus. I, uh, I saw Baron Munchausen when I was a kid. I was like ten or something. I saw it, and I liked it then because I was a little kid watching it. Never seen a movie like yeah. that, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's sure. like it also has Robin Williams in it. It's really hard to watch. He's, yeah, <laughs> but, um, he's there a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think I think Brazil. The first time I watched, it, I was probably like twelve or thirteen or something, and I was okay with it. But yeah, I don't like Twelve Monkeys or like. Ooh. Um, ooh, ooh. I mean, it gets yeah. bad. Yeah, he's good. But, but I mean, like, I I still think that Robin Williams is a bigger criminal in my mind than Gilliam. <laughs> okay, though. okay. Just, you know, like, across the board, like, I just, whenever he checks in, I check out. <laughs> Do you know? Right, like, right, I, right, right. I'm not going to go along for the ride. It's like. that sweaty, uh, like, like the, like the clown is sweating, you know, like, to like, keep your attention. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think Fred Armisen. He's a lovable, insane guy, and it's like. Right. And there's the whole like uh, it, that part of it's cloying to me too because he's always trying to, especially now that we know that he was like Oscar baiting for years and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You know, like, Patch Adams, oh. one of my favorites, uh, <laughs> we'll needs to, to be mentioned uh, as a special honorary mention. But uh, okay, yeah, gotta, it's like um, it's 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 all these really bad boomer tendencies. Um, yeah. uh, neurotic filmmakers in their busy frames and um, a hammy like please love me needy like magical clown it's a nightmare so that's my <laughs> all right we got to keep the show rolling uh, marcus marcus you got your third one go ahead oh god okay so my my third one is um i got all of mine come from the same stretch of my life when i was like at peak negativity for like 1995 to 2001 yeah <laughs> exactly cool. i think i've i've been on the slow side slide towards like being more relaxed and like more forgiving and towards normiehood as i get older of course but this okay. is like these are the years i hurt the hate the most Ooh. 1996 95 96 romeo and juliet oh baz lerman's you know, staging of shakespeare's great play um you know god Ugh. it's it's so garish it's so ugly it's so stupid it's so leguizamo it's god i know he's he's one of the worst i mean he's a real tour de force when it comes to like hateable movies you know like super mario brothers the past spawn and of course this one where he's just really going over the top he's acting like a like a petulant high school actor you know throughout the whole thing like but but explain break it down like like yeah all the dialogue is only yeah, okay. and of the Shakespeare text. Yeah, so I think a lot of people think that they don't, a lot of people, normal people look at Shakespeare and they go, I don't get this, I don't understand it, you know. And I think this film was an attempt to try to like connect teenagers and Shakespeare, you know, because it feels so like pandering towards like, let's make a movie that the teenagers will think is cool, know. you know. Like but, cool in the um, sense of like an after school special, like an anti-drug right. PSA or something. <laughs> right. That kind and, of cool. And, yeah. I, you know, I was an English lit major and I think Shakespeare can be staged well in a way that normal yeah. people it can be cool, every, bro. every well, I think that I mean I just mean like people think they can't understand the words. I know, you know? And, they, and they get turned off. So I think like you know, but it can be staged well and good actors can bring it out and and, and make people that aren't familiar with Elizabethan English like understand it, you know. But this movie is so far away from that. It's people <laughs> yelling Shakespeare, you know, it just every line well, sounds just like sounds the, like completely the actors, mush. Well, because the actors don't jabber. I don't think I think it's because the actors don't really understand what they're saying. 
Right. Like, so they can't have the intonation and, and inflection onto each word because they're just reciting thou wast up in thy moonlight and uh, yeah. you know <laughs> right right while they're like gesturing with their glistening like you know the gas uh, stations with glocks <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glocks gas yeah it's it's insane like uh it's so Horrible. over the top Horrible. um well, well who directed yeah, I mean, it, it again it feels real so baz baz Lerman. i mean this movie like uh who's baz uh, it, it feels really indicative of like the 90s extreme era you know and everything yeah. had to be pushed to the limits like extreme sports extreme doritos i remember there was like, like a like, yeah, shakespeare in your face dude yeah, there was an extreme bible for teens back then you know so Ooh. this is this is full-on like shakespeare extreme yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 extreme. and it also is yeah. a real fail at pandering too because like none of the style the style is so garish and ugly it doesn't actually look 90s it's uh, it's got a kitsch factor now but it doesn't actually connect with anything that yeah, was cool i know what you mean or fashionable back then you yeah. know it feels really alien and of course, that's like that's one of the hallmarks of Baz Luhrmann, right? Is to be really. It looks like it. Lo it has that '90s look that's forgotten. It's like the set design of Nirvana Unplugged, kind of. It's like yeah, candles it's like, and like purple draping. Does anybody like what I mean? Oh yeah, like rhinestones. No, not like, not his style. No, 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 not not Kurt's style. The the, the set dressing of the unplugged. Yeah, I know. Oh what you yeah, mean. yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah stage, sure. the stage. Yeah. And there's that part of the '90s too that was into like Mexican, like I Catholic iconography oh, and stuff. Oh, so you know, like, right. <laughs> Dia de los, de los Muertos. <laughs> rhinestones and, and you know, God, you're like, so uh, right. Awful. Uh, well, <laughs> wait, um, wait, we'll, wait. we'll talk about Baz. I mean, he, this this guy's a heavy hitter in the shit movie. <laughs> world he's got well, something he's, in theaters or was in theaters this year yeah it's probably it's definitely going to be nominated might win something uh Christ i had a chance so to I, I had a, a chance to suffer through the first hour of this movie elvis by the <laughs> yeah, way me, guys I, did too. Again, I, I uh the fast forward button was getting worn out but i i watched uh, elvis dude well <laughs> I, mean, I mean shit dude Tom Hanks in that movie, Unreal. Everyone's oh, talking right. about that. that. Tom Hanks. Yeah, everyone's talking about that, but obviously just like, <laughs> you know, mixing in the hip hop with Elvis and like oh, great. 19, all of the- Like 1954, like like uh, Beale Street, like, yo, hip hop beats. And it's like, <laughs> ah. Oh. And, 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 I, and I had an observation. You were mentioning deck, the cool. deck reality, Evan. But my whole thing was just like, in the middle of watching the film, I was like, "Am I watch? Am I really technically watching a film right now, or like no. a series of After Effects? It's a trailer uh, uh, compositions. <laughs> so it's like, like I don't know if that really constitutes a film that I'm watching. Dude, like there aren't characters and dialogue. It's just one deck After Effects illustration." with uh elvis songs and it's like i don't think this is quite a movie it's you know what i mean literally it's literally a fucking whatever two and a half uh, three hour whatever trailer it's like literally it's not movie making it's not a film it's not a movie it's content and it's <laughs> bad you. um it's okay two and a half hours. we gotta move on, on. clock is dying and you know and i'm, I'm actually going to have a little sacrificial uh i'm going to sacrifice one of mine here just because the clock is dying because Aww. um well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tease it because I also do want to do this as a, a proper one fucking hour because it's sort of a follow up to one of our other um, you know uh, episodes from last year, uh, and so I'm just gonna mention it. Maybe we can say a few quick things, but we do have to also get to a bunch of other stuff with that you know nine minutes on the clock. So for me, I fucking hate this movie. Uh, more later <laughs> on a future episode, uh, this movie is my personal okay. kryptonite. 
in terms oh of like um, aesthetics, the lead performance, Preach. the <laughs> the 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 like tweeness of this movie, the tweeness, the little tweeness uh, of this movie, and just everything about it, the music, the uh, this is not for me, okay, um, and that well is said. punch punch drunk love, two thousand two, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. This right, directed movie. by a, it's truly an MVP for one fucking hour. Yeah. As we about a year ago addressed, uh, you know, thumbs down on Magnolia. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> yeah. he's so we knew he'd be back. Like this a bad is, penny. Oh, this is there's I was so actually many pissed when you picked this one because I was like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> I fucking hate that <laughs> movie. Okay, we're gonna do an hour. It's bottom line. We're doing we have an hour. To, we have to sacrifice it right now. So just more on that later. Yeah. That's a little teaser. We'll do we're, an hour. We're gonna do yeah. a whole hour on that movie uh, at some juncture. All right, but um, Tom, g- get to your last pick because it's it, it's a interesting one. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Um, well, I picked uh the Heartbreak Kid. That's a 2007. Uh, right, Evan. Yes. Oh, you ever written down the oh, Fairly okay, Brothers? Good. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, world. I'm bringing up the Heartbreak Kid um, reboot. Now, the reason I'm doing it in a way is I was thinking about all the terrible. There's a whole reboot frenzy that was happening, uh, especially in the 2000s. I mean, it still persists, but there was a horror, you know, branch. You know, lots of that. Friday the 13th, Dawn of the Dead. You know, uh, there was all the reboots oh, yeah. of horror, but there were also a lot of comedy movie uh, reboots. Yeah. Like um, there was God, there was a bedazzled that really ate balls. Does anybody yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then uh, the Stepford Wives <laughs> yeah. was brutal. It was like a comedy with like Will Ferrell or something. But the one I picked, the Heartbreak Kid really kills me because I don't think a lot. Of, it was actually a reboot of a, of a relatively obscure film. That's a classic for, you know, like kind of deeper cut cinema people. But the Heartbreak Kid from I, the reason to hate this film is because there there should be and often is great love for the original 1972 film, The Heartbreak Kid. Oh, so this is a slightly complex one film. where, like like you can only generate the hate because of the great love, and it's so insulting. And I try to analyze it in, in an encapsulating way. Um, think of a more famous, iconic, really truly great film from the past. Uh, like so think of it's like oh let's reboot the graduate in the mid 2000s yeah let's do the graduate but this time let's have toilet humor and um <laughs> carlos mencia and it's like <laughs> yes done you know what i mean and also i mean i could get kind of complex on this one but i feel like they they missed the boat on understanding the original film's intent completely like the film should have really been called uh the wife from hell you know like oh. it, it really because that's all it really wound up being was just persistently having uh, Stiller's character uh, like um, just finding like his dreamboat, you know, blonde, perfect wife that he married, like after meeting her for one week, like she's actually really repulsive. You know, she's got, you know, lots of, uh, you know, hair in her nether regions and she's, uh, you know, she's got a deviated septum because she was a coke fiend and she's a moron. And, and it's like this. And that's not what the original film is like. And uh, it, I don't have enough time to explain, but um, for deeper understanding, watch the Heartbreak Kid from 1972. It's on YouTube, and then Jesus Christ, watch the 2007 Dude. reboot, and that will be all you need to know about why I picked this film and why I really want to punch it twice in the stomach. Dude, you know? dude, I, I, I actually th- this movie. I think I turned on the television in a hotel or something, flipped a channel, and this was on. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even know they remade the Heartbreak Kid, and I'm watching this movie, and I was like, what the. F- 
fuck is this? Like I didn't, I, I could. It, it, it seemed like a movie I had dreamt. You know, it didn't even seem like it was yeah. real. You know, yeah. it, it was yeah. so so weird. Um, guys, just because I'm looking at the clock, let's sacrifice. Let's let's sacrifice our, our our last pick for the next installment that we do uh, of this because it, it is a good one. But let's let's hold on to that for the next time we do this because it's been a lot of fun. Instead, okay. let's wrap up the show with this. Okay, we've been talking a lot of hate. We've been talking a lot of negative energy here on the show. Um, so let's end on some positivity here. How about that, guys? Um, let's <laughs> let's let's go around starting with uh, Marcus, then Tom, then uh, then I'll close it out. Well, we're- we're, this is called right. This is the um, say something nice challenge, challenge, challenge. <laughs> and yes, it should be. Uh, I'll start, Marcus, okay, you and start. then you go, and we do a quick roundup of our picks. Um, so I'll, I'll start right now. Quick. So the Fisher King, uh, Fisher King. Uh, the nice thing I would say. Oh my god, I already forgot about what it is. Shit. I have um, one about it. Oh my god! Please take it. Go. Okay. My 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 one positive thing about the Fisher King is actually the scene where you actually finally see what his trauma is based on when when his when his his wife is blown yeah, yeah. away and her brain is like falling on his face. That's a pretty right effective cafe. scene, actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, because I actually had nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> take Ricky it Lake. Ricky Lake's in it. Ricky Lake is in it for a second, oh, yeah. right? So Rock on. Marcus? <laughs> no, no, yours. Go ahead. That was my good thing. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. I'm forgetting how this works. Fisher King, Devil's Rejects, the nice thing I'll say is, hey, it's always good to see Ken Forey oh. from Dawn of the Dead and Michael Berryman from Hills Have Eyes. Yep. It's just nice to see them. It helped the film feel slightly less suffocating, but otherwise... It but, still doesn't balance out Cherry Moon Zombie, but you know, <laughs> but it also it also <laughs> it also helps it feel more like a horror convention too, though. Um, okay. Oh, uh, so much. What's your last one? Your last one is oh yeah, okay. heartbreak. Heart, uh, oh Christ! Did I? Oh fuck! Heartbreak kid. Give me a second. Oh, you know what? Uh, Danny McBride, who will forever be in, uh, my boy from um, Eastbound and Down, he pops up in the film. He does an okay little thing. Is like kind of a douchey uh, Southern you know, like a guy and, you know, it's always good to see him, you know, I'll take him because otherwise the film is suffocating and a nightmare. So, um, those are my, uh, that's my challenge. And I, okay. I think I did it. Great. Okay. Marcus. Um, so for man on the moon, you know, it was nice to see Mr. Cheswick and, uh, ah. Scavini in it. Um, but, I, but I'm, I'm going to go with that. You could still see some of Milos's like documentary technique coming through. Like he shot pictures, he shot the audience, like kind of like laughing at Andy and stuff. And I don't know if it was effective, but I liked seeing that he was still using some of the old techniques, you know, in the film. Right. Um, and your next so, one? Do you guys have anything good okay. to say about Man on the Moon? Hold on. We should, we should go. <laughs> just one for each of us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for Requiem, you know, I just, I love Jennifer <laughs> Connelly. You know, I love her. I love okay. her. Like I just, yeah. you know, I love her all of her. I love her and everything. So I'm not saying she was good in this, but like she's the least bad thing of this movie. Gotcha. Um, and what's my other one? Romeo and Juliet Romeo. is really hard, but uh, challenge. Hey, Leo is like looking super hot in it. I like their costumes. You know, she's got. There's one moment yeah. where Claire Danes has the angel wings, and he's got this the knight costume. That's an iconic. Like the costumes, fucking looking good. Baz had it dialed in there, and uh, Emmett Walsh is also in. Oh, <laughs> Romeo all right, Juliet. challenge. <laughs> Done. Uh, All right. You know, okay, done. guys. I, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. So, dogma. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. So, honestly, this is yes. what. Yes. <laughs> okay. Th- th- this says everything you need to know about this movie. I think the best part about this movie, sadly, is Jason Mewes. I think Jason oh. Mewes. 
is actually <laughs> keeping this movie alive. It's probably true. I think I know it what is. You mean, though. I think yeah. he's like the little heartbeat of this movie as it's struggling along. Not so, George yeah. Carlin? No. Uh, I mean, fine. That, 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 that's the easy right. answer. I went for a hard one. Yeah. Okay, I got to go quick. Uh, my second movie was... Um, what was my second movie? Oh, Joker? Oh, fuck you. I can't come up with anything for that. <laughs> no. Face the challenge. Face the no. challenge, bro. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I love this. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I fucking... I can't. Okay, I, won't, then, I won't. And then, I can't. And then your then third one... Punch, punch Drunk punch Love. Drunk. Fuck. Um, maybe okay, you know what? <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman has the capability of being a good actor, and okay, there you go. Yeah. All right. So okay. Joker, Joker, Joker did not meet the challenge. Wow. No. That was yeah. rough. Sorry. That challenge yeah. was tough. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the so, Fisher King hookup because uh, I yeah. blanked. It's all good, man. Wow. I got you. Um, so, wow. all right, everybody, that was one fucking Holy hour Christ. on movies we hate. And, man, we actually saved a real juicy. We actually had to cut a real juicy one. So, But yeah. we will save that there's for There's so uh, much more. There is. There's, there is. Well, there's, well, kind of cut. I mean, we, did, we shortened that up really Heartbreak Kid and Punch Drunk Love, too. I mean, those two, yeah. like, we could have gone those are, much deeper. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Those, are big, those are big zingers and zangers. Heartbreak was a little complicated. I needed a little more yeah. architecture. but. Hey, that was really fun. I, that was. was nuts. That yeah. was nuts. So, <clears throat> Films can go so wrong, man. I am also, I'm also anticipating some angry comments. I just am. I just think that people are going to be. What <laughs> okay. do you mean, uh, Joker? And what do you mean? Uh, you know, I like Joker and all. And I, Dog I'm was sure my that, favorite movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. All man, right. the you moon, know, that's... man. Yeah, and that's fine. But if y'all are into the show and you want to hear us, you know, get real mean and, and, and angry, we will do another one. We'll fucking roll it back and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, pick some other ones here for this. But uh, anyway, that was a fun and weird way to celebrate our 50th episode. <laughs> but uh, I know. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. We don't yeah. do it enough. I mean, uh, maybe what we're saying going into 2023 is um, because there was this and then before it was really just Magnolia. We're like, like I was saying, you know, like, like the, uh, the icon when we posted it is, you know, thumbs down emoji. Like we really did Magnolia as an exercise of hate. So and Psycho I guess what I'm saying is like uh, Psycho 98 as well. Yeah. I think it was also measured with curiosity too, but yeah, it was. Yeah. But like, let's just, you know, kind of revisit this. And it sounds like we planted a few seeds here and it really sounds like punch yeah. drunk. We're looking at punch drunk loves direction. Yeah. for the next time we hit up a hate uh hate episode right. so totally I mean, but a whole hour this if, time if any of y'all uh you know the viewers think can think of any from this list that they'd like to see go into more depth you know yeah like we, absolutely. Like, we did say that we could easily go talk more about man on the moon too you know? dude i, yeah, I something I, about I, man on the moon i have so much he's got <laughs> Evan's got a whole chapter. Uh, I got know. a chapter. I think that yeah. Man on the Moon is, is a lot ripe, ripe full, full episode. And yeah, there's a lot we could possibly well, get and, into. And then, so. and, then, and then, Evan, you did tease this. Uh, there's a B movie. Starts with a B. Yes. And we didn't even touch it. I know. And I, I was saying earlier tonight, it's the one that like repulsed me more than any other. I know. Like, like, so, know. so there's this special title just sitting there Dude, it, it's under too the tree. Hard. Waiting it's to be too hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's too hard. I mean, like, it's, yeah, like it's, I was like, Dogma is my least favorite. No, 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 no. Requiem for a Train is my least favorite. No, I know. Uh, Requiem's been my number one, 
But uh, this beat this other thing we didn't even this refer to. I mean, at I, all. this best Kevin picture mentioned Natural Born Killers too, and I fucking I I watched that one for this episode. You guys. <laughs> I Oops. felt cheated. No, that 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 is uh, that is we've been looking in that movie's direction for a long time. We yeah, are we should, going we to address, and that'll be our second Oliver Stone. You know, yeah, like uh, we got to do it. He was uh, he was really hitting uh, batting a thousand there with the Doors <laughs> and the Natural Born yeah. Killers. Um, because you know what it is? It's boomer meets Gen X natural born yeah. killers. And it's yeah. just a nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's his midlife terrible. crisis, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. trying to connect yeah. with the, with, with the, the kids. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, like, it's like, like a boomer does Rob Zombie is kind of what it is. Ooh. It's like, what Ooh. the Ooh. fuck? <laughs> you oh know? Oh my God. Like um, da- yeah. dad, dad zombie. <laughs> dad zombie. <laughs> I got better that. than devil. You know, it's weird. It's weirdly. Natural Born Killers is better than Devil's Reach. It is. It is. I know. It's a. It's a. It's God with the wind comparatively. Yeah. Devil's oh. Rejects is. It's really. It's. It's barely a movie. It is right, barely a movie. It's not even a movie. Okay, oh. we are. All right, guys. Okay. Oh. Let, let's. Okay. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to take a little uh, chance here because we didn't really talk about this, but I think I know what we're going to do next week. So if y'all don't agree, I'll edit this part out, but I'm pretty sure this is what we're doing okay. next week. Um, okay. So uh, episode 51 uh, for our, our we're, we're going to get back to business. And I thought, you know, we talked a lot about contemporary films. Um, it's kind of holiday time. So this is a good time to sit back and watch long movies. I feel like, um, and uh, this movie we all really like, and it's uh, one of the more contemporary films that we'll probably cover on the show, or we have up to this point. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to do this hour. We are going to do one fucking hour on David Fincher's Zodiac. From, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah man, we talked about it. 100% <clears throat> into it. I, yeah. I, uh, I've been watching it. I've been revisiting it since it came out. Uh, like a, every year or something, a uh, big fan, lots of good, fun filmmaking going on, lots of great performances. And really, it's an in your face to all these uh, like people like Aronofsky, actually. You know, I was talking about like busy neurotic filmmaking and busy frames and stuff like that. And that guy's just got a really nice hand on yep. filmmaking. So, yeah, right. love and, to do and, it. And a, like a oh, yeah. good way to do a biopic that no one else can, right. can get a handle on. I you know. know. And doing can't a, do it. Might no, Nealos exactly. can't do it. You know, and also it's a period piece, so yeah. you know it's like it, yeah. it doesn't have like a clown, you know, like uh, tap yeah. dancing. You know, it's like, one of the best period. Pe- I mean, or it's kind of cheating already, but yeah, it's it's a great period. We'll talk piece. about it. Great, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to get into that. It's a it, it's a rich topic, not just the film, but all the other sort and of and the true story is interesting. And the true yeah, story. Right. Yeah. Oh, so should think, we go deep on that too? Oh, yeah. we will. I great. think it's going to be into it. A full hour. Um, okay, guys. So next time we see you at one fucking hour in Zodiac. Thanks for. Uh, uh, riding along in this crazy ride uh, for 50 episodes, guys. I mean, come on, fucking 50 episodes. Of I the know. Show. And I hope you guys had some fun. We did something a little different. And uh, look, we do it for the love because, uh, like I said, it, all the hate is there because there's so much love right. for uh, movies. You know, yeah. like, and it's just like you can't, you can't leave these guys with all these fucking violations of the art of filmmaking. You, you know, can't it's funny. It. It's funny. I kind of I kind of think about some of the, the the commonality between the movies that we picked tonight. It's like we hate this dancing clown toxic masculinity um you know like school yeah, shooter, yeah, I know. you know sort of you know a thing and i think that's uh you know that's good you know new metal yeah marilyn manson you know also, those are the uh, things yeah the, the elite mm-hmm. looking down on the every on right the average yes 
Neither that was that was in Devil's Rejects and um, oh, crap. One of you ones you met. Oh, uh, uh, Requiem. Yeah, Requiem, Requiem for yeah. Dream. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it's smug uh, coastal people yeah. doing like uh, you know like the, uh, the, yeah. the, the 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 underclasses. I hate and, that. And Even Joker's like that. And suffocating sentimentality mm -hmm. on the other end of the spectrum. So I just wanted to throw a bone to Boomer sentimentality, yeah, because yeah, that's a, it's own it's its own harm, you know. <laughs> and, and music turned up too loud in the mix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Very nineties. Well, it's like like people people got weird on MTV as an influence. Yeah, you know? totally. Okay. Okay, we done it. We did it. We've done it. I got to get out of here. You guys have been great, uh, but we can't let Hercules. you go. Hercules, Hercules, of course. Yeah, and we're gonna be fighting for who gets this. It is oh your. Oh what are we doing? Moment of Zen. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your week, oh. and hope you enjoyed the show. You know what? Talk to you soon. We're gonna. We should do three moments, one for each of us. That's my. Okay, goal. fine. Three moments. Come on. You got it. That's right. good. We're gonna do three moments. You heard it. Okay, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. What the fuck is you doing, white boy? Sing it. And I'm gonna sing a song for you. Hell yeah. Jay's gonna show you a thing or two. Nooch to the nick to the nooch, nooch, nooch. Moment. Gruesomely entertaining kills. It's a sick film, but for what it is, thumbs up. Hate to disappoint you, but I'm going to give a thumbs up to him for exactly the same reasons that you have. But okay. I don't want anyone watching this show and writing in and saying we gave a two thumbs up, so they went to see it and it was disgusting. I'm telling you, it is disgusting. Right. It's depraved. It's yes. gruesome. It's over the top. It's beyond the pale. And yet, at the same time, it has an energy yeah. and a kind of internal logic and a power. I mean, oddly enough, these are good performances. They're very good performances. They're good performances. Absolutely. Moment. You know, and, and no one really knew what was real and not real half the time. I didn't know what was real and not real. You just went with Andy and Tony and wherever their whim took you. And the emotions oftentimes were very real. I just want to be supported. I mean, if I want to choose to do something, you should support me. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why you're always negative and you, you, you don't... Jerry Becker, who was playing my father at one point, went crazy suddenly in the makeup trailer, started screaming at Andy as his father. I'm angry because I love you. I'm not angry because I want to try to not give you support. Too late! Too late! Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs>